For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome into the show for today, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us on this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Go ahead, hit me up there. You get links to my shows as soon as they go out. You get different threads that I post throughout the day, other little bits of information. Sometimes it's just comments, reactions to stuff. So go ahead and hit me up on Twitter over there. Also, while I've got you, if you guys, whatever app you're using, um, podcasting app, Spotify, whatever, uh, if you could just leave a preferably a five-star review, <clears throat> but whatever review you feel we have earned here on the show, I guess, uh, a really nice review would help us out in terms of moving up search results and progressing up the podcast algorithm however exactly it works i'm not too sure but i do know that if you guys do hit that five star button leave a nice review then we will be seen by more people over time for sure that's how this will happen so thank you to those of you who have already done so and to those of you who haven't i really hope uh, if you need some convincing i hope we give that to you today with our show we're going to be looking at some of the bigger performances from yesterday, and I think it only makes sense to start here with Reed Detmers. Massive congratulations to the Angels rookie. He threw a no-hitter last night at home against the Tampa Bay Rays. It was one of the wackier ball games. I was just about to go to bed here because I'm on the East Coast, and I kept getting my phone blowing up with different notifications of stuff. Um, you know, Detmers threw seven, no-hitter, eight innings, no-hitter. And then Anthony Rendon hitting a left-handed home run. I thought that was definitely one of the more odd notifications I've maybe ever got on my phone. Um, and it was a John Heyman tweet where, you know, they said Rendon just hit a home run left-handed batting off of Brett Phillips. So I was, I got out of bed when I saw that because I thought, okay, let me just go to the computer here and see what the hell's going on. And I've watched it a couple times now. I watched that inning, um, the Brett Phillips inning. Trout hit, I think it was projected to be a 500-foot home run. And then you got Otani doubling. Uh, you got the big home run by Rendon left-handed. It was a wacky game in Anaheim. Uh, for those of you who were watching the whole game live, I'm sure it was definitely interesting, especially for Angels fans. I'm sure that was one of the more exciting games you're ever going to see if you're an Angels fan. But a lot of that also comes back to Mr. Reed Detmers here. Huge congrats to him. Uh, he only struck out two batters over the course of his nine innings. Really strange stuff. He's not a massive strikeout guy, but you know, over nine innings, I mean, getting 25 outs on balls put in play is really exceptional. So uh, again, huge congratulations to him there. I've talked about it on Twitter a little bit today. He's not really somebody who I'm going to be taking a chance on just yet. His numbers going into the start were pretty rough. And if you listen back to the show yesterday, he was not someone I was recommending. Uh, this is a very out-of-the-blue no-hitter. Um, 
I'm not going to say it's Philip Humber-esque. For those of you who remember Philip Humber in his perfect game, uh, kind of just uh, a little bit of a, a blip on the radar there. And now it's too early to tell who Reed Detmers is really going to be in this league. But uh, this feels very outlier-ish. No-hitters don't tend to correlate to great success down the road. I mean, you do have guys like Justin Verlander who himself almost threw a no-hitter last night who have thrown several of them, and you can kind of see the correlation between the talent and the success. That's not always the case with a guy like Detmers. Uh, yes, we're going to keep an eye on him because this was a fantastic performance against a very good uh, Rays team. So we are definitely going to file this away for later. But as of right now, I'm not going to go ahead and add him in a lot of leagues. Unless you're in a very deep league where there's massive roster sizes, then I would understand adding Detmers. But uh, in your shallow leagues, if you're in a 10-12 team standard league, I personally don't see uh, the upside too much at this point that it'd be worth dropping somebody who I've already rostered uh, unless you know there may be situations where you're really fed up with a couple of guys you had someone go on the IL and maybe there's just no other great options in your league and you need a replacement player he's definitely on a little hot streak after last night so see if he can carry it over to the next start maybe but even I'm not really cons- I'm not really convinced that we're gonna see this uh, again so I believe his next start will be against the Rangers, which is a good matchup, but I'm not really uh, jumping to add him at this point. Now, he was definitely the star of last night, but I also mentioned Justin Verlander. He went eight innings, one hit ball. He walked two batters and struck out five. Uh, Justin Verlander is completely back here. I don't know why we ever had any doubt. Through his six starts, he has a 1.55 ERA, a .64 whip, and yes, the strikeout number is not quite Justin Verlander-esque. He's averaging 7.97 strikeouts per nine innings. Not great, but everything else is fantastic. He is going to be, uh, like we were talking about yesterday on the show with Doug Reed, probably in contention for the Cy Young, if not um, right up there, possibly even winning it. Uh, he's got a couple of them already. So, or does he just have the one Cy Young, actually? Verlander might just have... No, he has the two. He won one with Detroit, and he won one with the Astros, didn't he? Yeah, that year he beat out uh, Garrett Cole. So, yeah, two Cy Youngs. We'll see if he can maybe uh, add a third one here, which would be remarkable, two Cy Youngs on the latter half of his career. Regardless of Cy Youngs or not, he is a fantastic play so far this season. And if you drafted him, you didn't spend too much on it, and you're probably very happy. So, congratulations there. The highest scoring pitcher of the night yesterday, believe it or not, uh, in terms of fantasy points, was Kyle Bradish. And this is another one that really came out of nowhere. He went seven innings, struck out 11, only gave up four hits and two earned runs. Now, he's also not someone I'm going to be adding because overall I just don't like the profile. I don't really like the numbers before this. But this was fantastic. Uh, fantastic outing here against a tough St. Louis team on the road. So definitely in that file away for later category with Kyle Bradish. Not anybody I'm going to be making a move on right now. But uh, certainly something to um, to remember for later on. To remember for the, later in the year, perhaps he's able to keep this up. So, like I said, I'm not really convinced of that, but it's certainly a possibility. So, um, that's really the, the standout guys from last night. There's a little bit of a drop-off afterwards, but I think I also should mention Robbie Ray here. Robbie Ray did get back to a little bit more of his form from last season. He went five and two-thirds and threw 104 pitches, which is kind of high. But he did strike out 10. He gave up only the two earned runs and uh, two hits and two walks. This is much more in line with what we hoped we were getting from Robbie Ray. This was his biggest strikeout performance of the season, his first time reaching double digits. 
And it was also his highest scoring fantasy game of the year with uh, 33.4 points on Yahoo. This is something we'd hope to can see, uh, we can see continue going forward with Robbie because uh, if you drafted him where you did, most likely in the mid-30s in terms of picks, you've been very disappointed so far. But last night was definitely a step in the right direction. So good job for Robbie Ray. Those were the main uh, great performances last night from pitchers. We did have some other nice ones going down the line. Madison Bumgarner was very solid over his six and the third innings, getting the victory. And, you know, even Yusei Kikuchi, who has really seemed to turn it around these last couple starts for the Jays. And he has had maybe the toughest road of any starting pitcher uh, in the major leagues this season, I would argue. Maybe not the toughest, but he has faced the Yankees three times, Houston twice, and the Red Sox. Four of his starts have come on the road. He started twice at home, once against the Yankees, and once in a tough outing against Houston. And, you know, despite these really tough matchups, he's managed to pitch to a 4.15 ERA, and he's been striking out quite a few batters. So Kikuchi is somebody who I am going to be advocating making uh, a move on. I would go and pick him up if he is available in your leagues because the schedule is going to get a lot easier going forward. This is a very tough stretch, and you will not see this kind of strength of schedule continue, especially in the next couple weeks for the Jays. This next week is a little bit tough, and then after that, the schedule will lighten up a little bit. So I see Kikuchi continuing to make strides throughout the season, especially as he keeps working with pitching coach Pete Walker, who is a miracle worker, Uh, especially now in terms of the last couple of seasons. Robbie Ray He really turned around, and now we're seeing a little bit of that with Kikuchi. And you can see the strides even just from the beginning of the year to now with Yusei Kikuchi. So he's definitely somebody who I would be targeting. Uh, Maybe not superly aggressively in trades or whatever, but if he's available in your league, if he's a free agent, I would have no problem uh, putting in a waiver claim there and trying to add him. In terms of all the players who played yesterday, the biggest performing fantasy number of the night was Mr. Mike Trout. Uh, surprise, surprise. He went three for four with a home run. Sorry, two home runs, a single. He knocked in three, scored three times, and he also walked. Mike Trout, guys, did we? I don't know. Same thing with Verlander. Did we ever really have any doubt? He's up to the number four ranked fantasy player. And I thought after the couple home runs last night, he might have had a chance to even <clears throat> overtake the top spot in terms of the fantasy rankings for the season. And... I see him potentially getting there. Uh, it, it might be a little bit hard because of the lack of steals in his game anymore. And right now, Manny Machado is the number one ranked fantasy player to the se- to the point of the season. And, you know, his overall game is a major reason for that. And those steals really help. So do I see Trout being the number one ranked fantasy player? It's definitely possible. I'm not totally sold on it at this point. But absolute stud, Mike Trout. Really, really happy for him. And for the game of baseball in general, that he's able to... Um, really come back and hit his stride again here after missing just about all of last year. So really great stuff from Mike Trout there. We also had a really nice game from Corey Seager. He went yard a couple of times off of Brad Keller. So uh, we'll talk about Brad Keller more in a second, but really good stuff here out of Corey Seager. Uh, He's struggled a little bit recently, so it's good to see him get a couple of long balls there and maybe turn it around a little bit. Cedric Mullins also had a massive night going four for five, three base hits. He hit a home run. He scored twice, knocked in a couple of runs, and stole a base as well. Great game for him there. Um, Those are really the major lines. There's a couple of more uh, good ones. Aaron Judge hit his walk-off home run against the Blue Jays. You won't see me talking too, too much about that one. But uh, it it was definitely a tough one to watch. No question. But uh, a great start from Aaron Judge. He's definitely an MVP candidate to this point. 
And Kyle Tucker has really turned it around as well from his early season struggles. Um, he went just one for two last night with a base hit, but he walked three times and stole two bases. So great stuff out of Kyle Tucker there. Why don't we take a look ahead uh, a little bit to today? Oh, why don't I talk about Brad Keller, actually, because I mentioned Brad Keller. He's someone who I was high on heading into yesterday, and I'm still pretty high on, uh, despite having a bit of a rough start yesterday against Texas. He led in five earned runs. His ERA is only at 2.7. That's how good he had been up to this point. And yes, rough start. Yes, pretty low strikeout numbers. And yes, he's not on a great team. But I do think that he can have some back-end value for you at some point this year. And the roster percentage is very low. Like I said yesterday, it's at 35%. Hasn't really moved too much. Uh, I'd be all right with switching out. It's hard to say exactly, but uh, any of you guys have specific questions, of course, you guys know I'll answer you on Twitter. But... I think there's definitely going to be one guy on your roster on, from your pitchers that you can definitely switch out for Brad Keller, who's definitely going to be inferior to Brad Keller. Now, it might not be the case in the shallowest of leagues. If you're in an 8- or a 10-team league, perhaps Keller will not fit on a roster there. But, you know, I would argue that even in 10-team leagues, there's a spot for him in a lot of cases. And people are very nervous about him, uh, about using an ad on him, you can tell clearly from the roster percentage. But I'm pretty good with using an ad on him. The underlying numbers, the advanced numbers are very good. If you go take a look at uh, Baseball Savant, he is really good. The StatCast numbers. He has so far been one of the bigger surprises to me in baseball. So I'm not too worried about this rough start. Um, I would go ahead and be pretty okay using an ad on him there if he's still available. And in a lot of cases, pretty much every case, he is going to be available still. So... um, Pretty much that will cover the, the major story stuff from yesterday. Uh, maybe we'll talk about a couple of other pieces of news from around the sport. So um, we already talked about Verlander. Jacob deGrom uh, got moved from the 10-day IL to the 60-day IL. I don't know that this is necessarily going to mean there's going to be a delay in his coming back. There was, I think it's more procedural to clear up room on the roster, um, but we don't really know exactly about DeGrom still. He's probably not going to be pitching till at least middle of June, I would imagine. But really, really tough if you drafted Verlander here. I know his, his ADP really fluctuated, right? Obviously, after the injury, he went down, and I'm very sorry for those of you who held your drafts before he went down with the injury, so you kind of were just stuck with him and stuck with him as like your first or second round pick. So really tough there. Uh, if you have him now, there's nothing you can really do if you use that ad on him, if you or if you use the draft pick on him. And I mean, maybe some people have dropped him. I don't think the number's particularly high, but there might be a couple leagues where he was dropped. Yeah, you're not giving up on him yet, but we're not, uh, we're not totally thrilled with what we have... Um, heard and seen so far so hoping he can come back at some point and my god will that rotation be scary if he comes back between mcgill bassett scherzer and himself and carrasco that's probably the best rotation in the majors uh if Degrom is healthy then it is the best rotation in the majors and i don't even think it's particularly close really i mean the dodgers have a great rotation the padres do the jays have a pretty solid rotation but that would be completely elite so for Mets fans uh, they're already doing great if they get the ground back I think they're World Series favorites to be honest with you um, 
The next piece of news we'll look at is Eloy Jimenez is not going to be out so long. After all, they thought he'd be back out uh, a good few weeks, and he's already making good strides, and he's running and swinging the bat again. Should be back sooner than later. So I heard some people talking on Twitter about maybe dropping Eloy Jimenez. Not at all would I be thinking of doing that just yet. He's still 25 years old, and he still has massive potential. He had 31 home runs as a rookie. He can hit for a very high batting average. I'm really not too worried about Eloy. Let's talk a couple of pieces of news on the Twins. So Carlos Correa has indeed uh, hit the 10-day IL for that bruised finger. We thought he would be able to avoid the injured list, but alas, no, he is in fact going to be out for 10 days. So uh, Royce Lewis, we talked about, yeah, he was a good ad, and then when Correa was going to be probably not missing time, we said, probably not going to be worth it. He's probably going to be you know bad at the bottom of the lineup. He might platoon in the odd day with Correa there. But overall, not really someone uh, who I'd be too interested in. Now, maybe I can understand taking a shot on him speculatively. It's probably not going to be a long-term thing. Uh, maybe it'd just be a couple weeks here. But he has that five-category potential that I'd be okay with uh, with using an ad there. And again, it's probably not going to be too long-term. But you never really know. Uh, if you can hit, they'll make a place for you. And they'll, they'll shuffle... They'll shuffle around the infield if they if they really have to in some way. I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but if he if he is just fantastic these next couple weeks, which is definitely in the realm of possibility, then even when Correa comes back, I wouldn't be too worried about him keeping playing time. It all depends on him. It all depends on how he performs this next week. This is a big opportunity for him, and we'll have to see uh, if he can grab it. Chris Paddock also thrown on the injured list, uh, retroactive to Monday with his elbow inflammation. Uh, to this point in the year, he'd been pretty okay. Uh, not terrible. He's got a 4.03 ERA. He's been someone who I've been recently kind of advocating for because he had a couple start week there, a pretty easy schedule, and he was all right. So I understand dropping him, and it's probably the wise move. If you have nobody injured on your team and you have a free IL slot, then by all means, go ahead, put him in the IL slot. doesn't hurt anybody to do that. But also be aware that um, whatever this is going on now may just make it a little bit harder for him to really be successful. So, and yes, the pitching arm is always a massive concern, obviously, when we're dealing with a pitcher. Uh, stupid statement. I don't even know why I bothered saying that. You guys already know that. Elbow inflammation for a pitcher is terrible. <clears throat> so I'm not totally convinced on, on Paddock, but like I said, if you have an IL slot then I'd be fine putting him there for now. Uh, that's pretty much it for the massive uh, the massive stuff <clears throat> in terms of news. So why don't we go ahead and look forward to today's games. And by the time you guys hear this, uh, these first couple of games may have started, and my apologies if they have. So we have Jose Barrios and Jamison Tyone. Uh, I mentioned it on Twitter. I'm not really going to be big on Tyone here. I'm just a little bit wary of the matchup, the Jays' bats. They've got Teoscar Hernandez back, and they're starting to figure it out a little bit more. So I'm not going to be a big uh, advocate of using Tyone today. Jose Barrios, really tough to say with Barrios. He's looked very good at times. He's looked very bad at times. He didn't strike out a single batter over his four and two-thirds at Cleveland last weekend. So I'm or last week. Really, I'm not happy about what we've seen from him so far. And I'm probably not going to be so thrilled about using him uh, at Yankee Stadium today. In a points league, I'd feel a lot more comfortable than in a category league. But at the same time, 
he's not really inspiring confidence at the moment. Really tough road matchup here. So overall, it's probably a pass for me on this particular outing for for Jose. Uh, and he may he may turn out great because he is a very good pitcher who's just hit some rough struggles, some rocks this year. I guess you could say he's at the rocks. But I'm I'm very torn on him today. I I would not be. I would not be surprised if he does have a good outing over six or seven innings, and I wouldn't really be surprised if he gets pulled in the second inning after allowing like five runs. God forbid, but it's definitely possible. So I'm I'm cautious about uh, about using Jose there today. Uh, typically, what I'll say at this point in the week, it's still fairly early, but see what your ERA looks like to this point. If your ERA like it isn't if for one league for me sitting over seven, then you have nothing really to lose in putting out Jose today. ERA goes up, it was already a 7. You're probably not going to win that category anyway. If he goes out and he throws 7 scoreless, then you knock it down into the 4 somewhere and you actually have a fighting chance this week. So if you've had a, uh, your first few starters of the week already be terrible, then there's no risk here, really. If you had, let's say you had a Reed Detmers and the day before you had a Kyle Hendricks and, you know, let's say you have a, you had a very strong start to your week so far, then I'm totally fine uh, leaving him on the bench because you don't really need to risk a lot of categories at that point. He has showed you that he's not really going to be a massive counting stats guy. Uh, I mean, that will definitely he'll definitely strike out more guys than he has recently. But if you're looking for strikeouts in particular, he's not really the guy to go to today based on how he's done recently. So overall, I'm probably advocating that we don't start Jose while also acknowledging that he may have a great outing. And that's just something that it happens. It's really hard to to properly predict, especially with someone who is so such a wild card recently like Barrios has been. So bottom line, look at your matchups, see how your week has gone, and see, um, see what you think you're going to need category-wise or point-wise going forward this week. If you think you really need him, then play him. If you think you can do without this start, then do without it. Let's move on to the Dodgers and the Pirates. We have Ryan... Pepio, Pepio, I'm not really sure exactly how that works, uh, how that sounds, but I'm, I'm all right using him as a streamer for today. He's a fairly highly touted prospect in that system. We know how the Dodgers develop arms. They're very elite at developing uh, pitchers. A lot of their pitchers, I mean, there is the odd different example of a Max Scherzer coming into town for a while, or I mean, Trevor Bauer there for his cup of coffee with the team. A lot of the guys that they have, uh, they develop, so I'm... I'm interested in to see what Pepiot can do. Pepio, Pepiot. I'm not. I'm gonna have to watch a bit of this broadcast and see how they're pronouncing it. I am. I'm all right with. Um, I'm all right with adding him here because he's going up against a fairly weak Pirates team. So the risk is pretty low here if you are adding him. I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. On the other side, uh, Dylan Peters. He's been very good this year to this point, more so as an opener. He did get roughed around last time out against Cincinnati here. And now he gets the Dodgers. So we're staying away from him there. Uh, Pepio, I'm all right with. But Peters, we're going we're gonna to be staying away from today. We have the Brewers and the Reds. And Adrian Hauser is going up against Vladimir Gutierrez. Hauser did get roughed up a little bit his last time out against the Reds, giving up, I believe, five runs. Uh, was it five runs? Uh, five runs, four of them were earned. So um, you definitely like to see a bit better out of a guy like him versus a team like this. I don't think the Reds will beat him like that twice in a row. I think he'll figure out uh, where he was missing last time and really make some corrections here. This Reds lineup is really looking rough. They've just put Mike Moustakis on the IL. So 
Or sorry, they took him off the IL. They took him off the IL. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He was just on there for a day. So uh, I thought that would be a little bit longer, but no. So okay, they have Mustakis. It doesn't really change my opinion too much there. I'm pretty all right with uh, using Adrian Hauser here today. Vladimir Gutierrez, on the other hand, I don't know that there's a player in all of fantasy that I would stay away from more than Vladimir Gutierrez, and I don't think there's really any of you who were going anywhere near him. Um, I hope for your team's sakes that you weren't, and he is 1% rostered on Yahoo. Uh, that 1%, man, uh, you guys are brave, you guys are tough, because he's gone, he's worked into the fifth inning pretty much every time out, hasn't made it through four, uh, more than four and two-thirds anyway. The ERA at this point in the year sits at 8.86. The whip is over two. So yeah, we're not too interested in Gutierrez, uh, <laughs> I'd say, ever but specifically against a very tough Brewers team here. Next, we will take a look at the Guardians and the White Sox. We have Aaron Zavale and Vince Velasquez. This is one I'm going to be staying away from altogether. Zavale has had some troubles. Um, I mean, that's putting it lightly to this point. His ERA is 9.45. He's really struggled. And, you know, it's every team, really. Toronto beat up on him. Oakland beat up on him. The Yankees beat up on him. He was okay against San Fran. He was okay against Kansas City. His last three starts have been terrible, and he's not really giving you much in the way of... I mean, he's not terrible for strikeouts, but he's not really great. He's not anybody you really need to worry about adding today. Um, I can't really see a situation where you would add him. Uh, on the other side, Vince Velasquez, I feel a little bit better about. But, you know, I really like the way the Guardians have been swinging the bat recently. Uh, they only scored the one run yesterday. Again, Josh Naylor with the home run. But I'm overall, I'm not really thrilled about the prospect of using Vince Velasquez. So uh, overall, this game will be a pass for me here. Let's move on to the next game here. We have Logan Gilbert. We'll be going up against Bailey Falter. Falter has been uh, a bullpen guy to this point of the season for Philadelphia. He's not somebody you need to be taking a chance on here. I'm assuming this is going to be just an inning or two as an opener kind of thing. Logan Gilbert on the other side, uh, one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. And despite having a tough outing last time, a tough for his standards to this point, uh, giving up three earned runs over five, the ERA still sits at 1.36. So you can absolutely take it to the bank that he's going to rebound here today. A lot of swing and miss in that Phillies lineup. And, you know, if you're looking at uh, a prop bets, I would probably take an over for strikeouts today for Gilbert. Uh, I'm not sure, looking at it, what the number would be. Uh, probably like five and a half or something, I would imagine. But um, I, I'd be I'd be pretty comfortable taking an over for strikeouts for him today. Uh, overall, yeah, very very safe play here. Again, uh, Phillies have a good team. We've said this many times throughout the year. They're not performing up to the standards that they can. Those bats need to all figure it out at the same time, and then they can be a very dangerous team. So they have the potential to put up a lot of runs on any given night. I'm not too worried about Logan Gilbert here, though. So I'm going to be all right using him. And obviously, you're not going to be wanting to sit him in a daily changes league or even a weekly changes league because of how good he's been. So go ahead and use him out there today. I feel like we've had this same pitching matchup already uh, at least once this year. Uh, Sandy Alcantara and Merrill Kelly will be going up against each other. The Marlins are in Arizona to face the Diamondbacks. Both of them have been fantastic, and surprisingly, Merrill Kelly has actually been the better of the two arms to this point in the year. Both of them I feel pretty good about using here. Uh, there's no there's no massive uh, advantage I see one or the other here. I think they're both very good options. 
good ballpark for pitching. So I'm pretty all right here with both of them. Uh, Merrill Kelly, his last time out, went eight and two-thirds, giving up just one earned run. So maybe this is a huge breakout season for him. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. He's 33 years old, so probably not. But to this point in the year, uh, I've I've loved what I've seen out of him. So he is absolutely someone who should be added if he's not already. He's added. I think I think he's in 76 percent of leagues. He's rostered. If you are in one of those leagues where he's not, then absolutely he should be added. Uh, Alcantara he needs to get more run support, which is a classic uh, Miami Miami thing, but. Um, he's definitely a great option here tonight against Arizona. So no no problem starting either of these guys. This is a game that I will have my eye on. It should be interesting. I say tonight. It's a 3.40 p.m. Eastern start time. Mostly day games today, guys. A lot of day, or about half and half, I'd say, in terms of day games and night games. So make sure you set your lineups fairly early. I'll set the, probably have that in the title of the video somewhere to make sure you go and check your lineups. And I'll put it out on Twitter as well. Because, you know, some people don't even check their lineups until early afternoon and if you did that today you might miss out on starting some of your guys so definitely important to remember go and check uh, that your lineups are set properly uh, let's move on to the Rockies and the Giants here we have another really good pitching matchup Chad Cool and Alex Cobb Cool has been really excellent and not that I really would have expected it at all but the last three starts he's given up a combined five earned runs going at least six innings and if you go back actually four starts it's the same number five earned runs going at least six innings in every start. Now, the strikeouts are fairly low, yes, but he's also keeping the walks fairly low, and he's not really giving up many base runners. So the whip for the year is at .84, fantastic. The ERA, 1.82, also fantastic. Cool is a fairly safe play tonight. Yes, um, he may be due to get lit up a little bit because this isn't really who I think he is. Uh, for his career, the ERA is 4.28. He's never had a sub-4 ERA before. So... This is a little bit of an outlier for him, so I'm a little bit worried, but at the same time, I feel pretty confident using him tonight against San Francisco. On the other side, Alex Cobb, the numbers do not tell the whole story here, at least the surface numbers. So the 480 ERA obviously is concerning. No question that he has come out of the gate struggling, and it's something that you were probably worried about if you drafted him. Now, there's a couple advanced numbers I'm going to give you here that should probably uh, do away with your fear. So, he's in the top 1 or 2 percentile for expected slugging, uh, expected batting average, hard hit percentage, uh, barrel percentage. He's in the top 5 percentile of pitchers. And chase rate, he's also in the top 5 percentile. So, a lot of this is unlucky for Cobb. I wouldn't worry about him if he's on the free agent, if he's on the waiver wire then go ahead and use an ad on him because he really shouldn't be sitting on the waiver wire. He is a lot better than what the numbers suggest, and I have no question that he'll turn it around very soon, and this is a pretty good opportunity for him to do it against the Rockies team that started out very hot, and now they've kind of come back down to earth a bit. So I like Alex Cobb here quite a bit. Uh, the next start or the next game of the night is going to be Keegan Thompson and Nick Martinez. Keegan Thompson has looked very good. However, he hasn't gone past four innings in any given start. He's more of an opener. So despite the 1.17 ERA, I'm not really too interested in using an ad on him here today. Nick Martinez on the other side is an interesting play. Now, um, I don't think he'll stay in the rotation. It's it's They have so many starting pitchers over there. They have seven fairly legitimate starting major league pitchers. So Martinez is probably going to be moved back to the bullpen once Blake Snell comes back. I know he had a rehab start, uh, I think, on Monday, Blake Snell, that went well. 
So I'm expecting to see him back sometime in the next week. So this may be Martinez's last start in the rotation. Who knows exactly what will happen, but that's kind of where I'm thinking it's going to go. I'd be all right streaming him in here today against the Cubs. His underlying numbers are not so great, Martinez, but it's a good matchup here at home against the Cubbies. And in a one-spot stream here, he's not going to be someone that you hold on for very long anyway. But I'd be all right using him here today. Uh, the next game of the night, my boy Tyler, my boy Siler, back on the bump again. Siler, Tyler McGill will be going up against Aaron Sanchez here at Nationals Park. It's the Mets and the Nationals. Really, really looking forward to seeing Tyler pitch again tonight. He's one of my favorite players in baseball at this point. Uh, and it really happened pretty quickly, actually. Just watching him pitch, it really doesn't take much to appreciate him. And when we had Ryan Bloomfield on, God, that was probably six weeks ago now, six or seven weeks ago now. Uh, and it was the day before the season. And he he really called this Tyler McGill breakout. So shout out to Ryan Bloomfield from Baseball HQ because he really called this. I'm sure other people did too, but Ryan was right here on the show. You can go check it out. I think it was April 7th, April 6th, something like that. The day before the season started. So I think April 6th. And he fully called this. And when we were talking on that show, he really does resemble Jacob deGrom in the way that he delivers the pitch. Um, everything from how he gets set to how his delivery works. His release point seems very similar. So, And we said it on that show too. Yeah, hell of a guy to model your game after. And he's been fantastic to this point. He's 4-1 and one with a 2.43 ERA and a .90 whip. He's been excellent. He's striking batters out. And he has a fantastic matchup here today against the Nationals. So he's my favorite play of the night. That'll apply to DFS, to season long, to whatever. Tyler McGill is my favorite play of the night. And by the way, for those of you who do like the DFS shows, there will be one of them today on the DFS Today channel. I've had some family stuff these last couple days, so I've had to just do my show and then tend to the family stuff. Uh, but there will be a DFS show today for you guys. So go ahead and check out the DFS Today uh, channel on your podcasting however you get your podcast and that should be up there in the next couple of hours um on the other side aaron sanchez uh complete opposite kind of advice here i would be targeting mets batters in lineups and sneak peek of the dfs show that's what we're going to talk about a little bit is get mets into your lineups today aaron sanchez to this point of the year has been very unimpressive including giving up six earned runs his last time out granted at Coors field but overall aaron sanchez is really not uh, too impressive anymore. So I'm going to be targeting some Mets, and we'll get into it a little bit more why on the DFS Today pod, which should be coming out, should be in a couple hours, it'll be out. Now, I said McGill is my favorite pitching play of the day. He's my favorite individual guy. Uh, but this is going to be my favorite pitching matchup of the day. <clears throat> and it's this one isn't even really that close, honestly, in terms of both of these starters. Shane McClanahan and Shohei Otani will be taking the bump here, respectively, in Anaheim. It's the Rays and the Angels. That one I'm really excited about, and I don't even know who I'm more excited to see, honestly. Uh, Otani, his last time out was brilliant. Uh, I believe that was the seven-inning, 11-strikeout performance from him. McClanahan, his last time out was a little bit less than impressive against Seattle, only giving up uh, two earned runs over five and a third, but the strikeout numbers for him were very low, only at five. So he's hoping for a bit of a better outing tonight. Very tough matchup. For both of these guys, but also two of the better pitchers in the American League. So this one should be a really fun game to watch overall uh, in terms of every aspect, you know, in terms of the Trout-Otani aspect, the great pitching matchup here, um, young, exciting players on both sides. So this is this is going to be a great game tonight, I would imagine. This will be probably the preferred one to be watching. Uh, we have Oakland and Detroit taking 
the field at 7.10 p.m. at Comerica. Joey Wentz is going to be making his uh, Major League debut. Now, looking at his minor league numbers, I wasn't too familiar with him, but looking at his minor league numbers last night, they're not too confidence-inspiring. They're not bad, but I'm going to be overall passing on him today. I don't think you need to really use an ad on him at this point. We'll, we'll see how he does, but for the, right now, I'm not really too interested. Uh, Zach Logue is someone who has worked pretty all right so far. Uh, more so as a bit of a, uh, a opener. He had the one, or maybe not an opener, but a shorter term uh, starter. He doesn't really go deep into ball games too much. So I'm not really too interested in Logue here. It's not a bad matchup. It's a good ballpark. So he may end up having a decent outing here, but I, I personally don't think it's worth using an add-on at this point in the week. So I'm going to be staying away from this one in terms of the pitchers. Uh, let's move on. The Red Sox and the Braves. We have Nate Eovaldi and Ian Anderson. Should be a really nice pitching matchup here. The Red Sox have been pretty bad. They've been pretty, pretty, pretty bad. For those of you who are Larry David fans, uh, I hope you get the reference there. This is... So far, definitely not what they have wanted um, out of their lineup, for sure. Eovaldi's been fine, but the lineup has definitely disappointed. So Ian Anderson, I think, is a pretty solid play tonight. Maybe not someone who's going to be too popular going off the board in DFS or uh, even in season-long stuff. But I think uh, with this faltering Red Sox team, I think it's a decent opportunity for Anderson here. Eovaldi, I'm still... Pretty confident in. Uh, honestly, probably about as confident as Ian Anderson. He's facing uh, a better team, a better lineup, but he is the better pitcher between the two. So it kind of cancels each other out. I feel pretty good about starting both of these guys here. Uh, no major qualms for me. The next matchup is the Astros and the Twins. We have Jose Arquiti and Chris Archer. And again, it's not really one that I'm too interested in here. Uh, neither one of them has been great. Chris Archer's been pretty good. But Tough matchup here against the Astros. I'm not really going to be too interested. Jose Arquiti has been all right. Nothing to write home about, really. So I'm not going to be too, too interested in either of these guys here uh, at this point. Spencer Watkins and Miles Mikolas will be the pitching matchup in St. Louis. Orioles and Cardinals. Mikolas, yes, absolutely. He's been fantastic this year. He did have a... Uh, no, he had a pretty good start his last time out, actually couple of concerning things. He walked three and gave up seven hits. Other than that, uh, he's been fantastic to this point in the year. No problem starting him here against a fairly weak Orioles team. They haven't done too badly, actually, the Orioles. But as a whole, they're not a very strong team. So I'm pretty good using Mikolas here. Uh, on the other side, Spencer Watkins. Despite him having some pretty good numbers to this point in the year, uh, I'm not really expecting what happened yesterday to happen here again, where the Orioles took advantage of the Cardinals. Um, I mean, took advantage. It was 5-3, to three, but you you don't really expect a team like the Orioles to beat the Cardinals, so it was a bit of a surprise. But like I said yesterday, even the bad teams, they win 60 games, they lose 60 games, it's just about the other 40 games and what you do with them. So that being said, I'm not really too interested here in Spencer Watkins. Nicholas, um, I would be pretty comfortable going ahead and using. Watkins, probably not so much here. Uh, we're just down to one last game. It is the Royals and the Rangers. And as far as I know, I don't think the Royals have actually announced their starter yet. Matt Bush is going to be going for for uh, Texas. And he's an all right play. He's not really uh, anybody. I probably wouldn't use an ad on him, to be honest. He's an interesting kind of option against a pretty poor team. 
but I'm not I'm not really going to be using an ad on him. I don't think that makes too much sense at this point. Let me see if I can find out who is going to be the starter for uh, the Angels for the Royals. I don't think there's been any announcement here. Um, there's still, according to Mike Matheny yesterday, he said they're still sorting their way through it. So, unfortunately, we do not have a starter here yet. So, that'll be something you guys will have to look at on your own later today and uh, make your own judgments on, unfortunately, because that is something that will not be happening today on the show. Um, it'd be nice if they, if they could announce it in advance a little bit, but what are you going to do, right? That uh, covers every game for today. Why don't we take a look at the waiver wire and we'll go over what I went over on Twitter this morning in terms of the ads and the drops, uh, specifically the ads. So Josh Naylor, he's definitely someone who needs to be added in every league. He is the hottest player in baseball at the moment, and he's got a solid regular role in the middle of that lineup, uh, batting behind the likes of Jose Ramirez and those guys, uh, Fran Mill, Stephen Kwan, Straw, they've all done fairly well. Owen Miller, they've had a very good lineup to this point in the year. And yeah, there'll be some regression. But right now, I'm very happy to add Josh Naylor. Uh, he is one of the leaders in the majors in RBIs. He's got 22 so far. He's right up there in the leaderboard. Five home runs. He's batting 347. So I'm completely happy adding him. Uh, Ryan Pepio, Pepiat, we've already talked about him. I'm pretty okay using him as a streamer for today if it doesn't work out. Then it doesn't work out, but it's a fairly safe option here against Pittsburgh. Uh, Brandon Drury, I actually didn't mention him on Twitter today because we've talked about him the last few days. I still feel pretty good about adding him uh, short term, and I know I've gone back and forth a little bit on this, but I I'm all right using an ad for the short term. I'm just It's not going to stay for very long, so you just have to be all right dropping him after that. And, you know, I saw these, some takes yesterday on Twitter uh, actually referencing J.J. Redick, talking about how he's gone back and forth on some takes. And, you know, as the season goes on, as days go on, you get more information and your opinions are going to change on things. You know, if you're just keeping the same opinion, even if the facts around it have changed and it might not be an accurate opinion anymore. If you just want to stick to that opinion because, you know, you want to maintain that you were right from the beginning or whatever, that's just that's just stupid BS. I think if as more information comes out, you kind of have to adjust your opinion because other than that, if you're not doing that, then you're just being ignorant. You know, if you say one thing at the beginning of the year and then don't look at any numbers for six months and then say that same thing is still true at, after six months, it might still be true. But you have to kind of reevaluate where you are at that point and see if what you're saying still makes sense. If it doesn't, then you change your opinion. You revise it. So, yeah, there might be some guys where I tell you one thing and then a few days later or a week later, it might be something else. That's because there's new information coming out. There's more games being played. and There's more data. So, yeah, opinions will change. Everybody has opinions that change on everything, and specifically this where there's so many variables. So if there are um, some – if I do change my opinion on something, there's pretty much always a reason why, and I will always engage in dialogue with you guys about why. Always available to talk on Twitter. I might not get back to you right away, but I'll always eventually get back to you. Sometimes stuff will change. Sometimes opinions will change, and that's just a part of this business. For people who just stick to their guns regardless of the facts – I don't really agree with that. So sometimes my opinion will change and that's just the way it is. And I think that's the way it has to be. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Any questions always open to uh, Twitter dialogue. Jonah Heim is the next guy being added. And while Mitch Garver is on the injured list, I'm pretty all right using an ad on him. He's in a small sample size, 45 at bats. He's batting 356. 
Obviously, we're not going to keep that up. He's a 196 hitter from last year and really not a great hitter overall. But while he's hot, if you need a catcher for the week, by all means, Jonah Heim is a pretty solid add here. Uh, Adrian Hauser, we talked about a little bit. He's a pretty safe play here against Cincinnati, even though they touched him up for five runs last time. I don't really anticipate that happening again. So I'll be all right with using uh, an add on Hauser here if you don't already have him. Nick Martinez, we already talked about, probably his last start in the rotation. He may have one more, depending on Blake Snell. But uh, pretty safe option here against the Cubs. I don't have any problem using him there. Uh, Jamison Tyone, not really so interested. We talked about him as well in terms of the matchup with the Blue Jays. I'm probably going to be staying away there. Uh, most of the guys being added today are guys to stream, pitchers to stream. And we've pretty much covered all of them to this point. So why don't we talk about some guys who have been dropped in quite a few leagues. And it is pretty much um, the usual guys who had a, maybe a poor outing yesterday. Jesus Lazardo, he's not the number one dropped player, but he's one of the more interesting dropped players. So the honeymoon period is definitely over for Lazardo fantasy managers. He's been dropped by uh, more than 1,500 teams so far on Yahoo today. And the ERA has shot up to over four. So... Yes, it is concerning, but we're not going to be dropping him. Uh, yes, it's tough against Arizona in particular to not have a great outing. But it is way too early to be dropping a guy like him with the massive strikeout numbers that he can bring. So we're going to be holding on to Lazardo. It's a little too early for me to be dropping him. Uh, people added in Wade Miley, and then they promptly dropped him in after yesterday's three-inning. Uh, I'm not going to say stinker, but not a, not a great outing. He gave up three runs on five hits over three innings. He was fine. N nothing great, though. So I understand moving on from Wade Miley. Tony Gonsolin, another guy who's been dropped in more than 1,300 leagues. People don't believe that he's a good pitcher. I very strongly disagree. I think he is very serviceable. Here in fantasy, he can give you wins. He can give you a low ERA, a low whip. The strikeouts aren't going to blow you away, but he contributes in four categories. I mean, come on. He's ranked inside the top 100. He pitches for the best team in baseball. I don't really understand people moving on from him. And even if you just look at his last two starts, five innings, five innings, no earned runs, one earned run. Yes, one of them was against Pittsburgh, but the other one's against San Francisco. He's overall been very good this year, and I'm very happy to have him on one of my teams. And if he was available in other leagues, I would add him in those leagues as well. So I don't really understand people moving on and dropping him so much. Mostly, like I said, guys being dropped are starting pitchers from yesterday who disappointed a little bit. So Brad Keller has been dropped quite a bit. We already talked about him. I would hold on to Brad Keller, and we were going to wait and see on him. Corey Kluber's been moved on from. And yeah, I'm totally fine with that. He's not somebody who's going to move the needle too much. Um, that's, that's mostly it for the drops. Martin Perez as well. He's been pretty good to this point in the year, and I wouldn't mind holding on to him. Only 17% rostered, and the ERA through 34 innings is 2.10. So he, I think he could definitely be rostered in a couple more leagues, and he is. Uh, not a massive concern if you're dropping him. I don't think he'll be great, but at this point, he's been very good. So I'd probably hold on until he really hurts you, and he hasn't really hurt you to this point in the season. So don't really understand him being dropped by so many teams. But anyway, I, personally, I would hold, but I know there are a lot of different philosophies about these kind of guys who are not really great mainstay pitchers who start off well. Some of them will stay good. Some of them will not. I would probably hold on to him until he proves to you that he's not going to stay good. Guys, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Like I said earlier, those of you looking for a bit of a more in-depth DFS scoop, you can go check out the DFS Today pod. It should go live a little bit after this one. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit more time and do some projections. But if you don't have time to watch that show, 
Uh, we will be getting into why the Mets are a very good option tonight against Aaron Sanchez. So if I still got you here, uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter. It's at JoeOrico99. It's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Go ahead, hit the follow button there. You never miss any of my stuff. Never miss the shows, threads, different retweets that I do. So go ahead, uh, show some support, hit the follow button over there. And also go ahead and leave a five-star review on the bottom of the show page. That would be really helpful. Help us to be seen by more people. So, guys, uh, thank you very much for being here with us today. We will see you back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, which, of course, is brought to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Joe Rico, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.